I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Midweek Footsie. Apologies. Normally, we do a question on the Midweek Footsie, uh, but from Sunday, we missed out a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about because it just would have gone too long. So this week, we're just adding that last bit at the end. And we really wanted to talk about 13Fs this week and all the things that the big investors have been buying. So 13Fs are the are famously the uh, list that all the big investors that own a, cert- um, own a certain amount of stock have to declare what uh, things they've been buying in the past three months. And we've got the big rundown on some of the biggest investors out there and what they've been buying. So who's going first and what investor are we looking at this week, Steve? Shall I kick us off with, I mean, we'll start where everyone starts and makes these videos, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, <laughs> uh, Berkshire Hathaway is the nearest thing we have to looking at Warren Buffett's uh, buying for the quarter now ending December 31st last year. Uh, not all of this will be him. There's bits of this that I think are pretty clearly not him. But um, here's the rundown from Berkshire Hathaway and the changes to its portfolio as of end of last calendar year. So there's some new buys in Liberty Media Formula One, uh, New Bank, Activision, Blizzard, which is an interesting one, uh, Liberty Sirius XM Group, Chevron, uh, Florin Decor, and the company formerly known as Restoration Hardware, now called RH. Uh, and out goes Tava Pharmaceuticals, out goes Sirius XM Holdings, reduced gets Marshall McLennan, uh, reduced big reduction in AbbVie, big reduction in Bristol Myers Squibb, the one that we're fond of, uh, reduction in Royalty Pharma, smaller reduction in Visa, reduction in Charter Communications, reduction in MasterCard, and uh, almost too small to notice reduction in Kroger. Um, I guess I can kick us off here since I think I'm the only one of us that owns Berkshire Hathaway here. Um, the things that caught my eye were two of these. Uh, so I was in Liberty Sirius XM for Sirius XM Holdings is basically a swap. So write that off in your head. Um, New Bank was already known about. This was, I think, bought pre-IPO and now appears because it's publicly traded. Uh, so I don't think there's any particular action there. This is a Brazilian fintech, by the way, because their other Brazilian yeah. fintech, Stoneco, is doing so very well. Um, but... Chevron interested me. Uh, they stuck another 33% into their Chevron holding. Chevron, of course, is one of the companies that they requested permission to not disclose at the end of 2020, um, occasionally, because to avoid drawing attention to what they were acquiring, that and Verizon were the two holdings. Uh, and that takes them up to being a sort of top 10 holding. And when you're in the top 10 of Berkshire's portfolio, it's heavily concentrated towards that top 10. Uh, but that's a substantial bit of ownership uh now and the other fairly obvious one i guess is activision blizzard so this is uh what was being held at the end of december 21 so this is before the announcement that it was being acquired by microsoft um what mm. were you like activision blizzard uh your thoughts here <laughs> so um where are we going with this one um sneaky in it to to the to the average investor i do uh, I, I do see it, and we we discussed this, didn't we? Just just before we came on here, 
that it looks so dodgy. You've got best for, best buddy Bill Gates, who apparently is still the chair of uh, Microsoft, uh, happens to buy a ridiculous amount of Activision Blizzard a week before <laughs> it, it uh, they they go to buy, and it jumps up. What, what did it jump up? Thirty percent in a day on that one. So he's probably already sold it. Uh, he's made that much fucking money off it. Um, however, prior to the merger announcement, Activision was looking like an extremely good value stock. It was looking similar if we if we uh, make a loose c- a comparison here. It was looking very similar to Apple in 2015. It has a lot of, and I know Steve D probably disagrees with me here that, that the actual IP that's on, on offer here is a bit outdated. Um, it offers a lot of cash-producing assets here that can still grow into the future. So I think there was a lot of value investors circling this in the same way that they're circling Discovery at the same time right now. There's a lot of big and value investors circling these two stocks, and it just so happened that Buffett pulled the trigger on this one. So I, I, uh, I offer the antithesis here that there was some insider trading going on. I think this was looking like a a great value stock in a very growing and interesting in- industry in the future. Um, yeah, others will disagree with me on that one. I have a different take, but Steve, what do you think? Well, I think he got extremely lucky because uh, with the takeover, um, if you took the takeover out, Activision missed both on the top and bottom line. Um, mm. So it would have been a, a much cheaper um, stock um, so, I mean, we, we suggest it could be an arbitrage play as well. Remember that he perhaps thinks the Activision deal is going to go through and he's prepared to wait three to six months for what would be a, a pretty decent little return. Um, yeah, that's my that's my reason for buying, just to be clear, is mine is the arbitrage. It could still go up 16 17%, I think, it, I think we worked out. And um, uh, it's almost definitely going to go through because the buyout deal is like three three billion or something so everyone wants this deal to go through because uh it's it, there's just it, there's a lot of money to be lost here if the if the money uh, if the merger doesn't go through on activision's end they could just lose a lot of lot of money so um yeah i think uh, i think it's uh, that's one of the reasons why i think the deal is very likely to go through as well I think the the back end of this portfolio is very looking very interesting. I mean, you're looking at Amazon, Visa, Mastercard, um, Newbank, Snowflake, of course, which everybody seems to forget they mm-hmm. own and they own that dead cheap. And I believe they've added to it mm-hmm. since uh, IPO as well now. So um, they must see something they they quite like there. But then companies like RH, which did very well during the pandemic, um, Bristol Myers Squibb, which the three of us think is the best company in the world. And then obviously <laughs> Stoneco to balance out, um, hold the best company in the world with the worst. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting looking portfolio from Bench Halfway at the moment. It's a big old portfolio. It's, it's closing in on uh, 50 positions, I think, by the looks of it. Um, I think there's quite a lot to like there. Um, Steve, you like it a lot. You've bought it. What are your thoughts? I like it a lot. I have a hypothesis for you on the Activision Blizzard thing. Here's my hypothesis. Mm. I don't think this is Buffett um, for two reasons. Yeah. One is I think the stake is too small uh, to be a Buffett thing. 
And secondly, there's weird selling going on on the other side of things. So 10% out of Visa, I'm not sure quite why you sell 10% out of Visa, unless it's to make room in your portfolio to buy something else, 7% out of MasterCard and so on. This, to me, has Todd written all over it. Uh, He is, I think, the kind of tech arm of Berkshire and responsible for stuff like Snowflake and that kind of thing. Uh, And Todd, we tend to be told by uh, the Berkshire Hathaway top end, is nearly always fully invested one way or another. So if he wants to buy something and he wants to buy some Activision Blizzard, um, he has to sell something to go and buy it. And I think that makes sense of what's going on in some of what I've got on the right-hand column here, which is my selling column one way or another. So my kind of hypothesis here is that Todd's had to sell some stuff because he fancies some Activision Blizzard for about a billion or so. Ooh, Detective SW on the case. That's uh, some good looking into there. That seems very plausible. Very, very plausible. Uh, Bristol Mars Swib is probably going to come up a lot in the next um, things that we talk about, I think. Um, But I must admit, Bristol Mars has been looking a bit iffy recently. Some of the... um, the pipeline hasn't come along as quick as we thought it would. And so that might be why there's a bit of volatility and activity in it right now. Um, but I'm guessing uh, there's been a few changes there in other people's portfolios. <laughs> I mean, it's probably sensible that we race on to Burry at this point as well. Mm-hmm. Then, Steve, do you want to quickly um, run down what Burry's been doing? Yeah, he's, he's pretty, sold pretty nearly small everything uh, and he's bought <laughs> nearly everything else, basically. Um, I did notice that a lot of these things appear to, in my head, pair up in a certain way. So he sold all of his holdings in Lockheed Martin and bought General Dynamics. He sold CVS and bought Bristol Myers Squibb. He sold Synexis, I don't really know what that is, um, and bought Fidelity National Financial. Sold Now Inc. uh, and acquired AEA Bridges Impact Corp, which I did look up and don't know what it is, and sold part of his stake in Geo Group and bought some more in Core Civic. Um... Uh, I have a hypothesis here, as usual. What do you think? I didn't look into this, so I I, I didn't really hmm. uh, uh, really get to understand this one. But oh my god, he's, he's he looks like he's just kind of swapped stuff out, as mm-hmm. in like the same thing. There's just swapped mm-hmm. same thing for the same thing all, all yep. the time. Well, Lockheed Martin a quarter ago is when it first showed up on the uh, 13F, and that's now gone and Surprise replaced by me. General Dynamics. Yep. Yeah, that surprised me. Lucky Martin looked good, right? It's, even now, it still looks really good from a value perspective. I think it looks decent from a value perspective, Steve. Yeah. Um, all my only really takeaway from it was really General Dynamics seems to be a more like he thinks we're not going to use helicopters in the next war. We're going to software the hell out of each other. Uh, that's kind of why he's gone for that. I don't know a lot about uh, IMPX. My initial thought was that was Imp- Impact's Enviro from the LSE, uh, the small green fund. I thought, what is Burry up to? But now I've still no idea what AEA <laughs> Bridges Impact is, so I couldn't even comment on that. Um, Bristol Myers is interesting, though, because that's now become one of his... Yeah, I think it is his biggest position. And um, if you know anything about Burry, is that he won't just jump into something because he thinks it looks cheap. He, mm. I think Burry's had a, he's run the rule over that pipeline. He's probably visited some uh, some people and asked some questions and found out the information he needs to know. And for him to pick Bristol Myers out of all of the pharma companies that are available, uh, that for me is an endorsement. Um, whether it, it's an endorsement that only lasts a quarter <laughs> or not, uh, mm. We will see because he is a bit sort of um, in and out. Extremely tradey. I'm yeah, with you. Extremely tradey at the minute. 
Steve, I would not expect to see these next quarter, or I would not be surprised if I don't see General Dynamics, Bristol Myers Squibb, or Fidelity National next quarter. Um, it would mm. not surprise me in the least to find these are gone. Um, you're both seeing the same thing I am here, which is there's not much here. This is, of course, the US portion of Burry's holdings, and a lot of his stuff is international uh, in various different countries. So this is a kind of uh, a portion of Scion's um, investments. But it does tell me that he's not seeing huge opportunities here. The other thing that I thought was glaringly missing uh, is that in recent quarters in 13Fs, we've seen quite a bit of options activity from Burry going short bonds or short ARC or long Google or with call options rather than owning equity outright. There's none of that on this one. Um, the fact that this is all fairly low PE stuff, the fact there's not much of it, the fact that there's no options activity does make me think he doesn't trust this market very much um, for what that's worth. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I've just got one I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Stanley Druckenmiller. I know you haven't mm. looked at well, this. Well, well, before we uh, do, it goes. Uh, I've, just, I've just had a really quick look at this AEA Bridges Impact Corporation. It's a SPAC. Mm. Yeah. And they're merging, oh, yes. they're merging yes, with the uh, electric motorbike mm. from Harley-Davidson that's been spun out yes. called Livewire. So, yeah, maybe, yes. he's a, maybe he's a motorbike fan. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, I, I, I now realise I did know that when I read the news. Um, yeah, it, it, interesting play into the EV market that he's going for. Unless, he, unless, again, like this is a trade. So he still believes in the SPAC world and he thinks that people are going to jump on Harley-Davidson straight out. Um, yeah, Dines family office from um, Stanley Druckenmiller. If anybody doesn't know Stanley Druckenmiller, thirty uh, percent year on year. He's probably the best investor that's still going right now. Uh, I can't think of many people that beat this guy hmm. uh, as far as returns go. Uh, so, and he's very macro. Um, he often trades on macro and loves emerging markets right now. Uh, any guesses on the top holding that he's got? Uh, I think I know this. You, you might I like think, this, Steve. I think it's Coupang, isn't it? It is Coupang. Can you just explain to me what Coupang is? Coupang <laughs> is South Korean Amazon. Yeah, basically. Uh, he's and he's very into that side of it. I think he's they they were in C Limited, but I'm just looking down to see. Oh, they bought more C Limited by the looks of things on the dip. So that's what he's playing there. But um, yeah, there is an, uh, it's, it's a very interesting one to think because I, I like Druckenmiller because of his record. He knows exactly what he, what he wants. Uh, it looks like this 13F, he took some profit on Google and I believe that he only bought into Google in the last, uh, the very convenient buys here. Because he sold all of his Amazon, uh, uh, all of his uh, Facebook stock or Meta stock. I'm never going to be able to call it call it Meta stock. It's always going to be Facebook, isn't it? Um, he sold all of his Meta stock the day before earnings and the day before it lost a re uh, 280 billion. But he also bought Google probably only a week before its earnings, and um, in this one he's now took his profit on it as well. Um, any other big buys? Microsoft is buying Amazon. He sold 41% of his Amazon uh, thing, but obviously he's putting that to, to better use somewhere else. Uh, Panwa, I don't know what that one is. Which one? Is that? What's that called? Uh, oh, Palo Alto. It's Palo Alto. Um, so he's yeah. buying Palo Alto, yeah. Um, Palo Alto, CMVA, 
Carvana. Carvana is an interesting one, isn't it? That's the um, uh, is that the online software company? Um, yeah, just very interesting that he's um, uh, sold a little bit of Airbnb. That's a shame. Right before those massive earnings and mm. and a big bump up as well. Uh, he didn't sell it all though. He's he's uh, so he's got. A, I, I, what I'm really interested in here is that he's got a really wide-ranging tech portfolio that leans heavily towards the uh, emerging markets. Have you got any thoughts about that? I was having a really quick look down his list of stocks. I mean, he's got the sort of staples of Alphabet, Microsoft, and Amazon. Then he's got some heavy sort of tech in Palo Alto and Kavana and Airbnb and Snapchat. And then he's got companies like Starbucks in there and T-Mobile and Chevron and Booking.com. And then he's got some really sort of like stuff that I've got in my small cap pie, like Smartsheet and... Um, uh, and companies like Absellera, um, the Guidewire and Cooper Software as well, Steve, which I think are two you yeah. pointed out to me before. He's even got all these bargain outlets, so he obviously knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, that's what I'm thinking. It looks like a great portfolio, doesn't it? Mm. Like that's that's mm. what I'm sort of looking. When I look at it, I go, "Ah, oh, this is like a really beautifully put together portfolio of stocks." And I think there's 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 not a lot really you mm. can sort of talk about it. and he's go and he goes speculative when he needs to he's got Palantir in there as well so I was just like oh very very delicately elegantly put together portfolio that I can't really say anything bad about I don't have mm. it on my screen can someone tell me what weight or what percentage his top holding is of his overall thing uh, let's just have a quick look um, he's got Coupang at the top eighteen. Twenty percent. Okay, almost. so it's uh, reasonably heavy, but there's quite a lot going on there, spreading things out. So if you think about the kind of Berkshire portfolio, the top ten is very heavy on that, and there's quite a lot of stocks outside that top ten. But realistically, none of them really does anything much for the overall kind of thing. I mean, you know, Stone Coke could go to zero, and Berkshire wouldn't really notice. Um, it could also double, mm. and they wouldn't really notice either. So I was interested in how Druckenmiller's weighted uh, there in a certain way. And then you, you, very good, very good task there. So it's eighteen uh, percent Coupang, nine percent Google, nine percent Microsoft, and then FCX. I can't tell what that is by the Freeport uh, McMorris. Mm. Um, Copper. Yeah. So, like, there you go. He's it's just his top is quite quite nice. Um, mm. All in there, and then six percent in Amazon. So he's, he's he's got that core satellite going and. Uh, but we do know that he's very heavy on Korea. He really likes South Korea. Sea um, Limited was one of his big ones. He's had that for a long, long time now, um, and he's probably made, he must have made so much money off it. Um, yeah, just a very interesting one. Stanley Druckenmiller, if anyone wants to follow him about. Who we got next? So I'll quickly race through because we're at eighteen minutes, and this is meant to be a Oof. ten minute show. Um, so. <laughs> I picked up Johnson & Johnson's 13F, which had mm. only two buys. It had a few sells, so um, we're not particularly interested in it, although Illumina was one of the big sells. Ooh, um, big on Illumina, yeah. Yeah, reduced that percentage down quite a lot. But they, they bought a company called Zencore, which I have no idea what they do. But the one that did stand out to me was Nanox, which is a company that at the moment is struggling to prove that it's real. Um, and maybe <laughs> Johnson & Johnson buying into them gives them a little bit of credence. And just to give you a quick idea, Nanox are basically trying to make um, take x-rays from being an analog thing to being digital, and it's kind of in the way that your bulbs went from being wire to being 
um, being like LEDs, essentially. That is what Ananox is trying to do. There's a lot of people out there who think they are uh, uh, fraudulent. Um, they've gone from 70-something dollars down to, I think they're under 10 at the moment. Um, so maybe Johnson & Johnson buying them gives them a little bit of credence. I don't know whether you guys want to touch on that or you want me to roll on to the next one. Now I'll quickly do this one because I think I've just seen a trend. So the three top sellers, Zimogen, Neuropace, and Illumina, I believe they are um, genetics companies. Uh, they're um, gene splicing companies um, or gene, uh, you know, DNA reading. And obviously Illumina is the big one, which we all know, uh, and that's been slashed 28%. And the buys are Zencore, which... <laughs> Off the top of my head, I think it's a C-cell company. So I think that's um, uh, in the same sense as Bristol-Myers Squibb. So they're going to be generating um, C-cell cancer, um, cytokine-beating um, drugs. So I think that's that company. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, you're one. right. I'm um, looking at that. You're right. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Nanox, uh, if, you, if you're going to suggest that it's going to become part of the company, I'm not saying they're going to buy because they've bought a very, very tiny amount as far as I can see. But mm. obviously, we've got to consider Johnson & Johnson is doing its split soon as well. It's splitting off its uh, consumer product side with its uh, drugs and, more importantly, the hardware side. So it's got a whole hardware business with it. Uh, NanoX could be something uh, in there. Um, it's got a whole robotic side, which is delayed as well. So it's putting a lot of its money to work. I think there's a trend here, and it's showing where it, that it may be, that it's maybe not heading down the genetic side of it, and it's still staying, staying with the cytokine and robotic side. I just had a Sorry, super quick nice. look for you, Paul. Um, Nanox is currently trading market cap of five hundred and twenty million, so you can't buy an awful lot of that without accidentally buying it. Oh, so, of course, um, yeah. So yeah, you would imagine even if they bought, they want, they're not going to want to earn more than ten percent of the company, are they? So that's only fifty-two no. million. You can't buy an awful lot of Nanox at the moment um, <laughs> without almost forcing a, a, a takeover. So yeah. I'll quickly uh, skip us on because the last person we wanted to look at was um, Josh Tarasov, and he might not jump out at anybody as uh, somebody you know, but he is from Greenlee Lane Capital. Back in twenty twelve, um, Amazon was trading at about a hundred billion valuation, and he wrote a thesis on why Amazon was worth 179 times earnings. He plotted out a future for Amazon, um, which he um, he predicted with, with stunning accuracy. And uh, he held them all the way up to today. Um, and he's made, uh, I think it's 20x on his... Uh, on, on his stock so he's, he's somebody that you know it's nice to sort of like look at and say hey here's a guy who had a really good vision of the future and it came true um his portfolio at the moment consists of uh, top holding salesforce uh, and then i'll just quickly run down the rest of them it's brookfield asset management spotify amazon which he he has since reduced that holding down but he still holds it as his fourth top true panion um that's in the bark innovation mm -hmm. here yep uh and then it's netflix google peloton and bur which i'm not sure what that is steve does that jump out at you doesn't uh, no it's a bank uh, isn't it is it is, it Bear, it is there a bearfield is it burford burford capital, capital. yeah investment but, capital investment management yeah. don't know too much about them but yeah an interesting thing he sold out of hubspot and he sold out of Twitter, and uh, somebody tweeted out that uh, 
they even Tarasov believes that they can't get the clown car out of the gold mine. Uh, <laughs> that was how they summed it up. Ah, oh, well, again, very similar to Druckermiller. I'm looking at the portfolio. It's a lot smaller, hmm. but it, it's nice, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a nice mix. It's got, you know, CRM in there. Uh, it's, it's, it's odd, though. Uh, it's odd to have 21% in Salesforce, which makes me want to go out and buy Salesforce tomorrow. Uh, it really, really does. But then Brookfield Asset Management, which is another company that I really like, but I can't bring myself to buy because um, I, I can't quite value it very well. and Or at least it's going to take me a lot longer to do it. But I really like the I really like the head of Brooksfield Asset Management. He, was, uh, he, he had a good um, take on the office space. And that would, that's obviously, if you're going to buy Brookfield Asset Management right now, you are buying office space and you need to be aware of that. You're buying offices in London, essentially. Um, very risky, risky play in this day and age. Uh, which might pay off. Um, and then Spotify, Amazon, Trupanion, which is obviously a favorite of Steve D. Uh, Trupanion, you want to explain that one? It's pet insurance, essentially. Pet insurance, yeah. Part of the Bark Innovation ETF, which I'm going to get. Steve D is going to make one day, I'm, I'm telling you. And that will be on a link in the description below one day uh, for in Trading 212. Peloton, though. Peloton, he's bought it exactly. It's a new holding in his portfolio. Uh, let's talk about it. He bought that right. A lot of a lot of um, convenient buys going on recently. Could be an arbitrage play that in terms of he thinks that's getting purchased. Um, one of the things to think about Tarasov is uh, when he originally wrote his thesis about Amazon, it was just him. He had no analysts. Um, he was just working in an office on his own. And obviously, when you're 20x uh, the size of a, um, a portfolio, you start to attract some staff uh, and what have you. He hasn't. He still works on his own. So all of the ideas you see in here, and they're not coming from somebody putting a piece of paper on his desk. He's discovered all of these himself and he thinks he sees value here. He considers himself to be a, a value investor. So um, this is his list of what he believes is his value in the future. Mm, very, very interesting. I, I really like it. I, th I agree with Peloton on the arbitrage play. I think it was becoming obvious that that, with so many people talking about it, that it was going to be bought. But I didn't see, was it Amazon? Amazon was the top um contend recently that someone's mentioned yeah but I, you can see synergy there can't you because realistically yeah. all they'll do is sell you the bike and bundle the classes with prime so um there's definitely synergy there yeah oh definitely i just didn't see it coming it just yeah really took uh really sideswiped me there so yeah we can expect um peloton to get bought in the next six months i reckon or at least the announcement's going to happen that's what it's one of my predictions for the for the for 2022 anyway um, anything else you wanted to add on to the end there the, about Green Lane? Not for me. Haven't got anything else. No, no, that's it. Um, so thank you very much, guys, for listening to that one. Uh, this has been a lot longer than your usual. I can't believe we've gone 25 minutes uh, on a midweek one. But uh, thank you very much for sticking around, and we'll uh, see you on Sunday.